We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Talking Buffalo Podcast, Casual Friday, presented by KC's BlackRock. As always, let's just jump right into it, because I got a lot of stuff that I want to get to today, man. Uh, my man, Joe Yernan, is with me, as always. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm uh, recovering for a long day and night in Rochester uh, last night at uh, AEW Dynamite and Rampage and all all things in between. It's a... Uh, the hot new wrestling company came came to the area. I had to be well. Technically, I bought the tickets. We bought the tickets two years ago, um, and this they they finally were able to make it back. Thanks, COVID. Really cool of you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, yeah these were tickets that we had gotten two years ago, and they came back to town. They're like, hey, yeah, your your tickets are still good. So uh, make sure you make sure you <laughs> you come out for it. So yeah, it was it was awesome. AEW, I'll tell you what, man, and we're going to be talking Bills, Sabres. Our starting five draft this week is going to be 80s music acts. Uh, I'll tell you, so I had Joe on the show, and then Joe from Queens I'm talking about, and he's, along with you, a wrestling fan, one of the few wrestling fans uh, (laughs) that I get a chance to talk to, and I had it in my notes to talk a little AEW with him, but I never really got a chance to because so many other things came up, and I don't want to Missed that opportunity again, especially because you were actually there. Right. I just recently have gotten into AEW in part because of a lot of the great wrestlers that I'm familiar with that have come into the, to AEW over the last couple of weeks in Muncie and Punk, of course, Brian Danielson, uh, Christian Cage, many others. And also in part because I'm just quite frankly, I'm really disgruntled with WWE programming over the last year. After growing up and watching wrestling, not even growing up, but also as an adult. I mean, I've watched it almost weekly my entire life. But over this past year, year and a half, I, I kind of sort of threw in the towel. But anyway, I, I've been watching AEW. I did watch it on TV. I didn't talk to you yesterday, so I didn't even know that you were at the uh, <laughs> at the arena. How was it? What what was the what was the vibe like being in front of a live wrestling crowd like that? Uh, it was it was really cool. I mean, uh, the thing about wrestling shows is that you don't have people going there being disgruntled <laughs> right like, it's you know people rag on wrestling i get it like it's like ah it's fake sports predetermined blah, blah blah okay like whatever who cares it's to me it's a human stunt show with a silly storyline tied into it um so for me in that aspect and like there's there's a total you know there's a part you play as as the crowd like you're 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 there to like accent the characters either by booing them or cheering them sure and you're you're also there to kind of give the temperature of the match too 
because if guys aren't putting on a great match, then the crowd isn't going to respond and everybody's going to be like, you know, like, okay, we, we gotta, we gotta do something to win the crowd over again. But, um, but it's great. It's, it's a good timeout. And, um, you know, the, the guys they've got going there are, are really good. And the stuff they're doing isn't as dumb as what WWE has been doing lately. Just, you know, every good batch that, that the WWE team seems to put on, they step on a rake with the ending or, or how they, you know, how they decide. Even Aaron Anderson talking about a Glock. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do it, like the way that, that was funny. Cause my buddies and I were always like, you have to respect the legends and sure. Arn Anderson's a legend. And so like when Arn starts stepping up and getting in his face, we're like, that's right, Arn. So people just started going, yeah, Arn, tell him Arn. Like, it's great. And uh, it was like, well, Cody bounced off at him or Arn's, Arn's going to give him a spine buster and he's going to walk out of the ring a hero. So, <laughs> um, but it was, it was great. It was, it was a little bit of a different feel there last night. Cause, cause like I said, this was supposed to be two years ago. Um, they were supposed to have a match. And it was pretty early on in AEW's uh, life cycle. And it was supposed to be Brody Lee's AEW debut after he was let go. After he left uh, WWE, he was, he was Luke Harper in WWE. And, um, his real name is Jonathan Huber and Huber Huber's from Rochester and he was going to make his debut in Rochester. And that was also the same night, uh, Matt Hardy made his debut. And so, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know if, if those who don't know the story, Huber passed away, uh, day after Christmas, uh, he had a lung issue that he had been dealing with, not COVID, but, um, right. but something else that he had been dealing with and he, you know, ultimately passed from it extremely sad because his career was just finally getting put back getting getting put into a position where he was like in the main the main highlight the main you know the main spotlight for everything and it was there were a lot there was a lot of tributes to him the you know the fans were chanting brody all night long yeah a lot of it and um you know uh sammy Guevara is a guy who is a who is a who's a good friend of his and for the first time ever, not on a pay-per-view, uh, apparently. Um, the, uh, or first time ever, not in Florida, I should say, but because all the other matches have been happening at their training facility in Florida because of the pandemic. But, uh, but the, for the first time ever on the road, uh, spoiler for anybody, but Sammy Guevara beat Miro, formerly Rusev from the WWE. And, uh, so Sammy won the title, you know, there's, you know, confetti, there was glitter and, you know, it was I, a good match. Oh, it was a super match. Um, so that was fun. And like Sammy, you know, after the cameras went off, Sammy was like, I got to dedicate this to Brody. You know, he's, you know, he's my boy, like, you know, everything, everything was just a huge love fest for, for Huber. And to me, that was, that was, that was even more of a reason for me to go because, um, I, uh, while I was with the athletic, I had been working on trying to do a story with Huber, uh, about his pre wrestling days, which, for him goes back a while because he had been doing backyard wrestling, all that stuff from, you know, when he was a teenager. Uh, but before then he had played hockey in Rochester and he had played hockey with Brian Gianta and a handful of other guys, you know, when he was a kid, like we're talking like 10, 11 years old, maybe. And, you know, I've been, I was texting with Huber cause I got to meet him cause he came to a, a Sabres, um, Sabres game day, like morning skate. Uh, and he wasn't there to see the Sabres because he's not a Sabres fan. He's a Leafs fan, um, which people are like, how does that happen in Rochester? I was like, well, you know, sometimes when you like to needle your buddies, uh, sure. it's you, you, you become a fan of the team that they all uh, of the, they all hate. So 
that's kind of how that worked for him, which is hilarious. Um, but he was, he was buddies with Brent Burns of the San Jose Sharks and, you know, Sabres were playing the Sharks that day and I walk, walk into the Sabres room or the, the Sharks room after they skated and, you know, I'm just, you know, go around doing my interviews for the game and blah, 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 blah. And I look over and I see, I see, I'm like, shit, is that Luke Harper? Like, like two giant bearded dudes in the room. Brent Burns is the other one. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I walk over him and like, I knew of him because my, my friend, Rob Sanderson, who, uh, is he did, he took part in squared circle wrestling in central New York, Western New York, like Sarah, you know, we're talking Rochester, uh, around the Buffalo area, Syracuse, Binghamton, around, you know, different, smaller indie promotion. And back in the day, like, and, you know, Rob's from Rochester. He used, he was, he used to be the, uh, the pregame host for Amherst radio. Um, he worked for the Chicago steel, the Corpus Christi ice race. Like he's, he's a hockey guy, but his background is wrestling. So, um, so I see Hubert and I was like, I know him and Robert best buddies. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, I introduced myself. And I was like, really good buddies with Rob Sanderson. And uh, he's just like, no kidding. He's like, Oh man, that's awesome. He's like, he's like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Robin, uh, you know, since like the summertime. I was like, yeah, man, he's, Oh, how's he doing? I was like, doing great. And so me and me and Huber just start shooting, shooting the breeze in the room. And, um, and always when you're trying to get one over on your buddy, I ask him, I go, you worked with him. You're buddies with him. I was like, is there a name that you call Rob that will totally like fry him? Like something that you call him that it just drives him nuts. And big grin comes on his face and he's like, call him Sandy. And I was like, Sandy. And he goes, yeah, just call him Sandy. I was like, okay. So, you know, shake hands, you know, part ways with Huber. And I was like, okay. So I talked to Rob a few days later and I go, I go, what's up, Sandy? And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, what, where does that come from? I was like, well, I saw your buddy Huber the other day. And he's like, oh, is that what he said to call me? And I go, yeah. He goes, dumbass like he's like that doesn't bother me no it doesn't bother. it was like one of those things where you say uh, like where you're just like I, i'm not bothered by that no like why would you say that bothers me I, i'm not bothered by that at all and it's like okay that kind of gets on your skin a little bit but he, he's like shook it off and um so fast forward uh, like a year or two later um i'm trying to come up with ideas for stories because the sabers are awful and i was like i need another story to write right like, like hockey adjacent so i was like you know so i asked um so I'd asked Rob and I was like, did, did Huber ever play hockey growing up? And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he played with, he's like, you play with Gianna and a couple other guys. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Um, so I was like, would you mind giving me his number so I could like text him? And he's just like, yeah, no, he's like, go ahead. And like this time I was like concerned about reaching out to a guy with WWE um, because like they get really antsy about talking to their people without their knowledge, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And I was like, I don't care. Like I'm friends with like one of his best friends. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and um, while Rob was with Corpus Christi, he had just had Huber went down to call a game with him on the air because um, Rob does like the, did the PR and the broadcasting for Corpus Christi. And so he had Huber down there to do a game with him on the air. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And I was like, let me interview you about that. I'll interview Huber about it. We'll get talking hockey. He's like, I, this, the whole story's coming together in my eyes. Like, this is great. And so I texted back and forth with Huber and, uh, we weren't really able to come up with a time to make it work because he was doing WWE, WWE stuff. Like they were going to Europe for like a couple weeks. So I was like, I can't make that work. You know, his time is really caught up because you're doing travel, you're doing shows, you're doing all this stuff. It's really hard. And he's like, I got a break coming in a little bit. Like, uh, I was like, we'll catch up then. I was like, okay, cool. And uh, the break came up and I think that was when he got like things fell apart and got let go. So it was just like, okay, that sucks. Like this is all bad timing. 
and then he gets with AEW. Then I then I got laid off. So like just timing for everything just sucked ass. Right. And so like by the time it come around, like you know, you know, I had free time and he had a little bit of free time. Like it's just there was no nowhere for me to to post that story. I mean, I'm sure I could have sold it around someplace, but. I don't know. I was in no position to write after being laid off. So, um, so yeah. So like the, the stars didn't align to make it happen. And then, um, you know, everything happened, you know, everything that happened at the day after Christmas in December, was just incredibly sad because he's su- he was such a talented guy. One of the, the coolest things I ever saw him, one of the coolest matches I ever saw him in was an NXT match. They did in Buffalo, like a, um, it was like a, like a travel show that they did for NXT. It was just like NXT on tour. They were at what they were at Riverworks. And, uh, he wasn't on the bill, but like, uh, what was it? It was Ricochet. Ricochet comes out for the match and like, nobody knew who his opponent was. So Ricochet comes out and like, Ricochet's a high flyer, you know, speedy guy. And so, the, so Ricochet is just like, he's standing in the ring. He's like, all right, let's go. And like, he's facing a secret opponent. And then Luke Harper's music hits and the place goes absolutely ape shit. And I'm like, this is cool as hell. How is this going to work? Because he's a, he was a big dude. And Ricochet's sure. a speedy little yeah. guy. And I think of all the guys in the card that night, you know, they had a three-way match with Adam Cole, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, and uh, Johnny Gargano. Like, that's that, that's that was the main event. That should be the main event. Should be the best match of the night. No. Huber Ricochet melted the place down. It was like one of those... It was like seeing an opening band before the main... Like, before the, the headliner and the, the, the opening band just absolutely crushes it. Sure. That you're like, boy, I gotta, I gotta breathe. <laughs> the main event comes out. It's like, well, I don't have time to breathe, but like, whoo, I need a break here, man. Like that was awesome. <laughs> but like, it was, it was such an unreal match. And like, you got to see him do a lot of stuff that he just wasn't really allowed to do. In WWE, like some of the, you know, some of the really athletic, uber, uber athletic stuff he, he could do. And you're just like, wow, like, wh- like, why don't they let this guy do this? And it's, you know, they all have their reasons, but, um, but he was just an unbelievable dude. And, um, just a, just a, a great person. And like literally everybody that you talk to about him, they friggin' love the guy. And so like the love fest that they had last night, and they did a thing, uh, after they, uh, taped rampage, uh, where they brought out his family, like his <laughs> Huber's son was a, was a big part of it. Like if you saw a little guy in a luchador, yeah, 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 yeah. that's him. Like that's his, that's his, that's his oldest son. So, um, he became a big part of that after he passed with the, the dark order and everything. That was a big part because the Dark Order was supposed to be a big, creepy stable. And then Huber passed. And then they were just like, they turned it into like a family thing. And it was just like, okay. Um, and it worked great. But like, I'm rambling because that's um, the whole thing with with Huber. is just just an, an impressive dude. Just like an awesome dude. Everybody loves the guy. And the fact that he's a Rochester guy that like made it big. And he was supposed to have that huge moment at home with the new company. And it covid fucked it up for everything and so last night turned into like a it sounds more it sounds sadder than it is it, it, but like it was a celebration of his life last night so that was that was really awesome to be there for that and that made it a lot special and emotional too like it was just it's a beautiful thing to see like wrestling you always think is like big tough roughneck guys and blah 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 whatever but like last night was really what that community is about they all love each other they all care for each other they all stick up for each other and you know when one goes you know when one falls they they're there to pick everybody else up it was it was awesome it was really cool yeah you know some of my favorite wrestling memories 
as a kid or even especially as an adult are actually, uh, you know, they're sad occasions, but they are those kind of tribute shows. And when they kind of go out of character a little bit and reveal them their true selves, because it's rare when you see it, at least on TV anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, on social media in real life now, you know, it's uh, the secret is out. Whereas back in the day, they try to stay in character all the time. But yeah, when you see those like the Eddie Guerrero tribute show, the Owen Hart, you know, I can go on with some other ones. Those are all have always been a, uh, my favorite shows, but yeah, it looked like it was fun. It was good stuff. And I'll tell you, man, good stuff. I, I had to admit this. So I had Joe from Queens on earlier this week and we taped something on Monday night, late night, like around midnight. And it was going to be Bill's talk. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple notes, um, from the side stuff about COVID vaccination stuff. Cause I know how Joe, you know, just give Joe that form and he, and he's going to go. Doug Allen not doing the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. And it turned into, I realized about 25, 30 minutes and I'm like, you know what? We hadn't even come close to getting the bill stuff. I made it like an on the fly decision. I said, I'm going to make this a two parter. Yeah. So we talked for like, ended up being 45, 50 minutes before we even got the bill stuff. And then we spent some time talking bills. And then in the, my mind, I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to put off the bill stuff for another day. So mm-hmm. even though we taped the, the other stuff first, I, I ran the bills part of it and I called it part one on Tuesday. And then Wednesday we did, like I said, talked about vaccinations, Rachel Bush, you know, all the stuff you would expect right. with Joe from Queens. I got to say though, it went over really well. Like yeah. Joe did a good job, man. And it resonated with a lot of people. Tim Graham quote tweeted it, mm-hmm. the Doug Allen stuff, especially, I mean, let me get a quick thought from you on this. Yeah. And by the way, also I, sh- I, Shame on me for not mentioning a big part of that episode. And we called some people out, man. We called some mm-hmm. media outlets out. There's a lot of clickbait going on. I listened and to again, it. And again, I don't want to rehash all of Wednesday's content all over again, but a news reporter from Channel 7 gets legitimately injured in an, in an accident. Mm-hmm. And whoever's running that social media put it up like a clickbait story. Like they didn't include the name. You know, it, it was really frustrating to look at. So we had a lot of, things to say on that show. And again, go back and listen, everybody. But the Doug Allen stuff, I do want to get your thought on. <laughs> who gives, and I'm going to say what I said on Wednesday. No, do it. Say it. Piggy man, who gives a shit? Who, why is he important enough? Is he a star? Is he worth having to put out this message and it's being covered like it's a fucking news story that he no. doesn't want to, that he's not going to do the anthem after what? 25 years, which by the way, I had no idea he's been doing the anthem there for 25 years. Just goes to show you, at least me personally, how little I ever gave a shit about it to begin with. Not that anthem about him being the one to perform it and pointing his finger afterwards. Great. I mean, I'm not hating on it. I was just indifferent. I don't really care. But why was that covered as a news story, man? I mean, because he wouldn't get a vaccination. It's just stupid. And who gives a shit, man? Are we that desperate in the fall in Western New York for media coverage with the bill season going on, with the Sabres getting ready to start? UV's playing football. There's plenty of stories to go around. Mm-hmm. Why the hell was this newsworthy that Doug Allen wasn't going to do the national anthem? Come because, on. Because he was, I guess, smart enough to send a release to the news stations to tell to tell them that he was doing it. Like spoon feeding, spoon feeding news to to the outlets, which, you know, as you guys pointed out the other day, uh, if you just hand it to the to some of the TV stations, they will just run it 
and say, thank you for the story. We're not going to do anything beyond that. And that's totally what happened. Like smart for Doug Allen to do that because now he can, he can find his other, you know, anti-vax kooks around the area to, to, to rally around him. But, um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's very emblematic of how things have gone. You hit, you guys hit all the examples I would have cited uh, in that pod, not to send everybody to go like, Hey, stop listening to this pod. Go listen to the pod. From yeah. Go check it out. Day, but we got like, a draft hey, coming up soon here. Oh, on this yeah. episode. We, we got important <laughs> shit to get to here. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, it's really that way. Like every example you cited was exactly what it was. It's like, here, let me talk to a bunch of people on this one side of the story. And it's the side of the story. You wouldn't want to find out from what they have to say anyways, because it's all wrong information. But then writing an entire story about that, like, like I mean, again, like Alan says, he, you know, he had COVID before. Okay, uh, he's like, I'm already immune. Like, mm, no, you're not. But like, nice try. Like, yeah, like your immune immunity is boosted a little bit from it, but like, not quite the way you think. I mean, all you have to do is look at that stupid president of Brazil who's had COVID like what three, four times. Like, I mean, the guy's hoarding all the COVID down there. But like, but like the the rules are simple get vaxxed or you're not going to be able to do the shit you want to do. Like instead of having it be the other way around where everybody else who's vaxxed can't do what they want to do because, you know, a loud handful of people want to be like, no, my rights, my freedom, like fine, whatever. Like, you know, it, it, I, I, I listened to Howard, Howard Stern had a rant about this a few weeks ago where, you know, he, he's like, he's like, his his sum up line was like fuck those people fuck their freedom which i mean hey okay thanks howard that's <laughs> that that's that's okay howard thank you but like his point was like he's like you know these people are crying about their freedom he's like what about my freedom like well, what about my freedom to go do the shit i want to do because i'm because i did what i was supposed to do because i got vaxxed up and i i decided to care about myself and everybody around me it's like why am i prevented from doing what i want to do because a handful of kooks want to be like no, uh, I love the pandemic. I want it to go forever. Like, because I love freedom. Like, okay, congrats. Like, all right. And you know, it's it just, I, I don't want to get ranting about this again because we said it last week. We're, we're, we're sick and tired of talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's, but it's reached that point now where there are so many people vaxxed and so many people like giving into being vaxxed because it's like, Hey, you want to work or you want to like not work? Like you tell us. Um, and it's, you know, like the, the vax, I believe outweigh the anti-vax now by good amount, I want to say. And now it's just kind of like, wow, you idiots are going to keep the pandemic going so that we, when we get to like an Omega variant that kills, you know, 95% of life on earth, uh, you guys can, can be free to just be dead way before that. So congrats. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's dumb to just give free publicity to these people that just want to scream and yell about this, that, or the other thing. Channel four. It's crazy. You guys recorded this, what, two days ago and channel four already stepped in it again by doing a story on some people from Albion, which is closer to Rochester than Buffalo, uh, about how like they weren't like <laughs> they weren't allowed to go to a comedian because they don't, they weren't vaxxed up. And it's like, Cool. Stay home. Have fun. Like that's not a story anymore. But Channel Four did a story on it. 
thanks guys cool we we get to like unearth people that aren't even in the watching area so to, to, like, to do a story about how like how how bothered they are about like not trying to stay healthy and it's like just fuck off already please <laughs> joe you know it, it's not even the the vaccination versus unvax part anymore joe's big issue which in again in fairness to him and i like to I love to disagree with Joe from Queens. All right. I'm oh, yeah. just going to throw that out there. Those are your it's best literally shows. a hobby of mine. I love to take the opposite side of him and go back and forth in part because I, I think he's wrong a lot in part because I just like to get a reaction out of him sometimes, quite frankly, but his points were right. It's one-sided storytelling. That, that's my big issue. And just some of the stuff just ain't news again with Doug Allen. Bottom line is this man, if he was going to sing the national anthem, great. He's fine. And if he doesn't, there's no shortage of people who are very capable of getting that microphone and doing a very, just as adequate of a job singing the national anthem. People are going to stand up. They're going to take their hats off. They're going to put their hand over their heart. They're going to either sing along out loud or at least, you know, quietly to themselves. And they're going to give a nice round of applause at the end of the national anthem. Period. End of story. So whether Doug Allen does it or not, vaccinated or not, I really don't give a shit. It's not fucking news. That was my point. The whole thing that kind of set off Joe on a rampage, which again, he, he's right about a lot of this stuff, but who gives a shit, man? People could sing the national anthem. It's not like Jack Eichel with a unique skill set. Well, how the hell are we going to replace him if we trade him? All right. Doug Allen's a dime a dozen. And it's not newsworthy for him to not sing the national anthem. Rick Jenneret retiring. That's newsworthy. Dude is yep. a hall of fame caliber broadcaster. That's right. big news. He's part of the fabric. Doug, if you think Doug Allen is part of the fabric of the Buffalo Sabres, then this organization is even fucking worse than I ever thought it could be. Yeah. Come on. It's just not. It's Here's not the, news. The, the part that kills me about the anthem thing is that he doesn't he doesn't do every game. He doesn't do every home game. Yeah. Like if they if the Sabres have a home game on a Friday night, he's not doing the anthem that night because he's got other Probably commitments. At, he's at he does other games. Or <laughs> he's at an NRA meeting. Or NHL. Something. What's bigger know. than the NHL in the area? And he's doing the others. Game. Like, what? Like you're like get lost. I get hired for birthday parties. Like I don't know if it's like Kenesha's high school football or Kenesha's basketball or something. Like, just dude, like just get lost. Like they bring in other singers who are better than he is. Like they bring in like a host of like local like country singers or, or like just natural singers like whatever it yeah. is. Just well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, bust, I'll bust Paul Hamilton's ass. Just follow his account. You'll get to figure out who who the other singers are. But like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, if he hasn't blocked you yet, I should say. But right. um, but I mean, like, it, like dude, dude can't make the Sabers games his priority. Like what? what? <laughs> get lost, you clown! I don't know, like man. <laughs> nobody's gonna miss you. No one's going to miss you. And your whole pointing stick It's just lost. crazy to me, man. It's just crazy to me to, um, that that's news. It, it, again, just be better local media, straight up, frankly. I mean, again, one-sided storytelling with not a lot of good sourced out information about that side. Stuff mm -hmm. that's not news. It is news here. It right. just shouldn't be. It's, uh, the, it's the kind of stuff that makes Buffalo look like small-time peanuts. Yeah. When that when that's like a big story, like I, I kind of say the same thing when the bills when Bills stuff leads the newscast at night, but like I kind of get it, but also it makes me kind of cringe a little bit just because I'm just like, isn't there isn't there other stuff going on? Like like do you have to leave yeah. with the bills? Like I mean, I get well, why I mean, you do it. I I hundred percent get why you do it. Maybe it's just like, the world we live in today, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, all right. So listen, 
later on, we're going to do our starting five draft. And again, it's going to be 80s music act. And this kind of ties in. I got a take for you. Okay. I didn't tell you about this ahead of time. Okay. And if you don't agree and you're not going to, I'm going (laughs) to, I even got a couple points to, 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 I think, prove my point. So this week I got set up. I got this home office here Mm -hmm. and I got this uh, service. I don't know any other way to say it, man. Cable ain't legal. All right. Let's just put it that way. All right. I'm, I'm paying for a service where you get a lot of channels and a lot of shit. Everybody out there knows what I'm talking Stringing about. Stringing right? together antennas. And exactly. Wire. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you pay a fee and you get everything in the world, whatever. I got that this week. Got everything set up. Got a Google Chromecast so that the feed would be better. Got my internet speed upgraded because it was like still from like 2006 in this house that I'm living at now. It's just, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, but uh, one of the channels I got was a Rocky 24-7. There's a lot of these 24-7 what? channels on. So like uh I'm sorry, Rocky 24-7. Yeah, there's like a what? Marvel one for movies. We just did Marvel a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So there's just there's an Adam Sandler channel. There's just these movies that just play nonstop around the clock. You put the channel mm-hmm. on and they just rotate. They they play them all the time. So I spent last night and then today we're taping this Thursday afternoon. So all of Thursday morning, and I've been up early watching Rocky movies, mm-hmm. and I've seen them all a million times. Rocky's my favorite franchise of all times. I'm gonna I gotta take, man. Rocky three. And I, I tweeted this Rocky three is the best Rocky of all the Rockies. And the only reason, and I can tell you that now I, I could save this for a future 35 draft, but there, even if you count the Creed movies, there's not even 10 of them. Mm-hmm. So we can't do that draft. So I'm going to throw it out there. Now Rocky three of all the movies is the best Rocky. And you probably don't agree. Let me, let me it's explain close. you a couple of reasons <clears throat> why. Well, let me tell you why I think it is. All right. Number one, you got the unlikely coming together of two, rivals rocky apollo beat the living shit out of each other the first two fights mm-hmm. you know the first two movies they come together unexpected plot twist like a good wrestling angle there you got uh you got a, a, a seemingly unbeatable heel a brand new guy who wasn't in one or two with clubber lang great fighter mm-hmm. uh his to this day his prediction of pain and that gift you know popular yep. saying is it's a popular gift that we still use now, you got, in my uh, estimation, maybe the saddest movie scene in history of any movie, Mickey dying. Broke mm-hmm. my heart then, yeah. breaks my heart now. I still cry every time I think about it. I love Mickey, one of the greatest movie characters of all time. You got I the Tiger, which turned out to be one of the best songs in the entire decade of the 80s, which, in fairness, it didn't play that big of a role in the actual movie itself. But it was a huge hit, and it, and it led the Rocky Three soundtrack. So yeah, by the Tiger, we just spent freaking fifteen minutes talking about wrestling to start this podcast, dude. Yep. I'm a huge wrestling mark. You got Hulk Hogan, a young Hulkster playing yep. Thunder Lips. That's awesome. You got the beach. You got two big beach scenes too. You got Adrian's pep talk to Rocky, mm-hmm. where he's just dogging it, and he's kind of mailed it in, and. And she gets him going, man. She mm-hmm. she's the one who convinces him. It wasn't Apollo, it wasn't Polly. It was Adrian who finally gave him that big pep talk he needed to get his ass moving. And then you had that classic epic Rocky versus Apollo racing scene on the beach mm-hmm. where Rocky finally wins and they had that cheesiest hug <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Freeze frame hug. Yeah. Water. Great <laughs> imagery, man. So you have all that shit. And then after Rocky wanted two, and by the way, I loved Rocky wanted two, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. 
this Rocky three had just it had a more modern feel to it. Like at the time, cinematically, like it looked newer, mm-hmm. like the just everything about it. You know, the the color, the, the the quality of the film. Like even when you watch it today, and that movie was from nineteen eighty two, so you're talking almost forty years ago. It doesn't feel like it's that old of a movie. You throw on Rocky one, yeah. Rocky two, it feels like it's centuries ago that movie was yeah. made. Rocky three doesn't feel that way, man. So. You know, Rocky II, I think, had the best fight with Apollo versus Rocky, the rematch. Yeah. I think Rocky IV is the best music soundtrack. I think we might have hit on that yeah. before. But for me, Rocky III is a total package, man. Total package. Do you agree? What's your I, favorite Rocky? Well, <laughs> my favorite one's the cheesiest one. It's Rocky IV. I, I love everything about Rocky IV because, and I know that's like the crossing point in the franchise where it's like, oh, okay. It, definitely. This guy, okay, you're you're in this for, for um for uh montages and music and you know it's the last great rocky yeah I no i 100 i like rocky balboa but <laughs> it's i mean it's it's fine antonio tarver i mean for being a boxer asked to act not bad not was bad. All right. he did fine like i mean you know mr t wasn't a boxer you know carl weathers wasn't a boxer they were actors that had to box so like i you know i get it but like to me the first rocky is still the best one um and it's like I, you're right. It it looks very dated. Like Philadelphia has never looked like a, a more gross city before, <laughs> like in, on film. So like you're watching, you're just like, oh man, I think I need to take a shower. Like <laughs> you're just like everything about this is kind of gross. But like the story is 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 perfect in that. But man, Rocky Three takes you on the ride. Like that's you're it's all everything, over the man. place, and like it's it's got like that pro wrestling sort of edge to it where. Um, where Clubber Lang is such an asshole, like he's an unrepentant bully of a bastard, and he's just doesn't he does not relent the entire movie. He never even when like even when he loses, he's still just like pissed off about it. But like he's beaten, like that's it. spoiler alert, everybody. Clubber loses, but like and you never hear from him again too. I've always no, he's about gone. That. Like 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 Apollo loses, he resurfaces obviously in Rocky mm-hmm. three and four. Clubber Lang is, he runs through the entire heavyweight division. He destroys Rocky in the first fight. He gets mm-hmm. knocked out in the second, and then he's never heard from him again. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, like, obviously, story things, you know, are because of that. But, like, I would have rather seen Clubber Lang come back in, in Rocky Five than um, Tommy Gunn. Than Tommy Gunn, man. Like, <laughs> there, to, Rocky Five had more dumb shit in it than. Yeah. I, I, th- I think Tommy Morrison was, one. Tommy Morrison was fine. But like the guy that was aping Don King, get out of here, man! Just awful. Yeah, it jumped Touch the shot. Rocky you. Five. Touch me and I sue you. Like, please, I'll sue you for making me watch this movie. Come on. <laughs> but, but like, uh, but yeah, no, like, I think you're. I think you. I think you oversold that. How how much that you think Rocky Three is? Because you think it's the best one. Like, I I I think a very clear argument can be made that it's that it's the best one. Because it's got the most like ups and downs to it. I know Rocky One's got the ups and downs, but it's more that's more on the emotional level, um, where it's the action and the emotion in Rocky Three. Like you kind of hate Apollo in Rocky One, but like you come to appreciate him at the end. And then obviously, you know, Rocky Two, it's a different story. The Rocky Three, like they're best friends, so like who cares? But, um, but yeah, like yeah, I don't know. I I can't fight you on this one too much. Like Rocky One I- and Two is very layered story it's like what do you uh, everything comes back to wrestling in my life when i talk it's a slow build you yeah. know what i mean it's it's a build 
for an hour, an hour to have whatever it may be to that climatic fight. Whereas yeah. Rocky three, and I appreciate that you appreciate that Rocky one and two. I'm talking about those types of movies, but there are some people that want that action, man. It's like, all right, no. come on, let's move this along. Let's move it along. Let's move it along. All right. And like in Rocky two, he's trying to not box anymore. He's trying to mm-hmm. do commercials and then do all this other stuff. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Just, you know, you're going to fight yeah. him again. Just get to it. Rocky yeah. three is just nonstop. Things happen. Like you can't miss 10. If you're watching it for the first time, you can't miss 15 minutes of the movie because you're going to miss a lot of shit. I feel like in Rocky one, Rocky two, unless it's the last, you know, the fight in the last half hour or so mm-hmm. you can miss some chunks of that and you're not missing too much. Now, see, I'm where I disagree with you a lot is that I cannot stand Rocky two. I Rocky two drives me up a wall and it, Part of it's the pacing. Also, part of it is that the entire story is Rocky just be like, I don't know if I want to fight no more. I don't, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Adrian's screeching at him. Rocky be like, I don't know, Adrian. I don't want to do this no more. It's, it's tough. I don't like That's it. That's not a bad impression, by the way. It's, uh, I mean, I've been working on it. But, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but I mean, like, the whole movie is just like, get on with it, dude. Like, quit being a dickhead. Just go in the ring and fight, you clown. Like, you want to beat Apollo, don't you, idiot? Like, that's how Adrian, Adrian was a real Philly chick. She would have been like, quit being a dickhead and get in a ring. Like, that would have been the whole thing. It's like, I think you're a big fill in the blank word for somebody who doesn't want to fight. Because I don't want to use any of those words, honestly. But, like, use that word and be like, just go fight them already. Quit crying. I'm sick of you hanging around the house and crying all the time. Just go fight them. <laughs> I I like Rocky Four. You said that's your favorite one. but. It's to so, me, Rocky but it's cheesy. Loses. Like Rocky Four, it, it is cheesy, cheesy, but it's intentionally cheesy. Yeah. I guess my issue with Rocky Four is Rocky is like the worst fucking trainer that's ever walked the face <laughs> of this earth. He's the biggest Debbie Downer. I mean, yep. he, he, he first of all, he doesn't really train him, and then he's in no. the room with him before the fighting. He's trying to talk him out of fighting. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should put this off for a couple of weeks. I literally yeah. just watched this a couple hours ago, by the way. <laughs> so he's kind of trying to plant these seeds of doubt in his head. And then obviously in the ring, if he would have just, I don't care what Apollo tells you, he's in the heat of the action, man. Throw that towel in and he at least leaves the fight another day. That second yeah. round should have never happened. But never also happened. he's thinking it's an exhibition fight. So like, eh, he's got to go easy right. on me. Like that was and, the whole the re- thinking. I mean, like, yeah, sure. The re- and the ref should have stopped it before. See, I'll say that. That's where Rocky had him. He's like, I don't know, man. This, I don't like the idea of this. And Apollo's, ah, it's just going to be a good time out there. Like, And that's where Rocky should have been like, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a good time with Thunderlips and he kicked my ass. So, you know what? I don't know, Apollo. Maybe he's got to like, stay out of this. But, like, like, dude, like, you don't get in there with, like, a, a Soviet killing machine. <laughs> like, right. like, I agree. I think it's going to be a, a good, fun time party. Like, no. Agreed. But at the end of the day, Rocky, is, as, a, as a manager, as a corner guy, Terrible. at best, he was negligent. And at, at worst, he literally directly led to Apollo getting killed. Yeah. And he wasn't, so, uh, here's the thing. He was so bent out of shape about, about Mickey, like Clubber killing, you know, basically killing Mickey. It's like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he killed Mickey. Mm-hmm. And he was like bent out of shape. He lost his mind over that. Like, yeah, you should. But like when he, he Drago single-handedly kills Paulo and Rocky's just kind of like, what the hell? Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if I can fight this guy. I, I don't know. Somebody got to help me out here. Like, Bad management too, Joe, by the way. So he takes a flight for no money on Christmas in Russia. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, no, he did win. Okay, in fairness to him, but who's advising him to take a flight in Russia at Christmas for no money against a guy who just literally killed Apollo? I say, did, did Paulie advise him? Like, was there like gambling money involved? No, there or something. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie was too too in the bag to like to advise him, or he's hanging out with his robot pal. So, uh, which is even more Rocky Four is ridiculous. But like, <laughs> um, but like, but yeah, but like, but like, but you don't get the training sequences in in Russia where like the the, the script flips. Like Rocky's the climbing mountains and punching trees, and Drago's you know a. a like a hamster in a in a science experiment, you know, doing the you know the twenty five hundred psi punch or whatever the hell it was, like just doing all these things. And Brigitte Nielsen is just like, you know, standing over him, just lording over him as he's you know all greased up and just punching everything in, in a gym. And you know, Rocky's like bench pressing the Ural Mountains or something, and it's just like, okay, like I guess this works. He's getting followed by the KGB, and it's like, all right, man, like cool, I guess, like. You know, I guess it's how Drago grew up in, in Russia, like climbing mountains and punching trees and wrestling bears. And then Rocky, Rocky gets to do it to, to fight Drago. And then we get to the end. It's like, if we could change, you could change. And yay, the Cold War was over. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. All right, we're back. Part two of the Rocky cast. <laughs> Dear sponsors, by the way. Dear sponsors, sorry. It only took 40 minutes to, to get to the sponsor breaks. That's what happens. If you get wrestling and Rocky involved in a podcast, things are yeah. going to go south for me. Really? All of our plans really for quick. this podcast just got thrown right out the way. Just like, you know, what, screw it. we're just going to do it. That's what makes a casual Friday. We just, it is we, casual. We, Friday. we can do plans, but we could also just say, let's go off the cuff. If this was formal Friday, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But this yeah. is casual Friday. We do whatever the hell we want to do right now. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, we will at least gloss over the Bills. Not going to talk about the game. I will say this, though. They, they whooped Washington. And it, yeah. the only time, you know, seven or a couple minutes before the half, Washington cut it to seven. But that was just on two flute plays, the, a long screen pass. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say onside kick. The, the misjudgment of Isaiah McKenzie on a long kickoff that led Washington get the ball back and scored. Kickoff. He skied that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, 
I think he did that on purpose. That's I think the kicker did that on purpose just because to cause confusion because he freaking recovered the ball too. Like that's that's the other part of it. Like former Buffalo Bill kicker too, by the way. Right. Uh, but like he he kicked it so high in the air that everybody's just like, uh, you got it? No, I got it. no, you get okay, whatever. Like you're not expecting that. Nobody expects a, a sky ball on that. My only my only takeaway my only takeaway from that game almost a week later now is that my preseason bowl predictions so when we were on doing some stuff, I had Washington being the second seed in the entire NFC. I think it's pretty safe to say that that shit is down to tubes already, man. That's down to tubes. They're okay, they're all right, but they certainly are no uh they're no NFC contender. Let's if, just If they hadn't lost that uh, the D tackle um to injury last week, maybe it's a little different. Because the ends were able to kind of get around, but they had no push up the middle. Yeah, but like I don't, I don't think that changes the outcome of the game. Nah, I, they're, no, no, absolutely not. That was the game that Bills fans. If you're a big optimistic Bills fan, or if you're the national media who picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl this year, that's the game you were waiting to see. Where they looked, they've looked good on defense all year, but they were just as good on offense as defense. Josh Allen, after two subpar performances, played at an MVP level. They're playing Houston this Sunday. I ain't gonna bother. Yeah, don't, we're not previewing this let's game. Let's not break it down. Here's a here's a here's a news flash. Game. Here's a news flash, dude. The Bills are gonna win. They're gonna be three and one going in the next week. Which, by the way, uh, an opportunity to plug uh, Casual Friday sponsor Casey's Black Rock. It's always fun to go there. You should go there anytime. Mm-hmm. But next Sunday is gonna be lit, man, because yeah. that is a Kansas City Chiefs friendly bar. And a lot of goes. Well, it is a Chiefs backer bar, right. but there's a lot of Bills fans, obviously. He's a Chiefs too. fan, man. Like that's Yeah, he's a big Chiefs fan. Props to him. Respect to him. But anyway, the Bills at the Chiefs next Sunday. Casey's BlackRock. That should be... If you want to go watch a game where you're not just around Bills fans and you want to experience, you know, want to like playing at a neutral site field, mm-hmm. what a great bar that'll be to, yeah. uh, to go watch that game. It's going to be a fun game. Buffalo and Kansas City. Kansas City's only one and two right now. Yep. They're struggling. They got beat at home by the Chargers. The Bills have not looked good on offense for two the games. They they kind of bounce back. But make no mistake, the luster is still there. Those are still probably the two best teams in the AFC. And uh I would, that's gonna be fun. I almost want to argue it's it's too early in the season for these two to play each other. I'd say yeah. like both teams are still kind of feeling it out, getting the, getting their act together. Kansas City to me looks like one of those teams that's just kind of like, let's just get through the regular season. Let's let's turn it up for the playoffs. They that's the yeah. way they acted last year certainly. I mean they had injury issues and, and shit, but like right. But they seem like the team that is like all right, like whatever. I mean they'll be up for this game. Obviously, you know, you lose to San Diego or <laughs> San Diego. You lose to the Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers get lost with that. Please go back to San Diego. But like um but like yeah, like that's that's a wake up call. You know, you don't get picked apart by Justin Herbert and think like, "Ah, well, you know, that's that." Like, no dude, yeah. like they're in your division. You better get your Get your stuff. Chargers right. are good, but yeah, they, the they, Raiders are they playing sh- good. Like, I don't know. They shouldn't lose. That's what I was going to ask you because next week we'll talk more because it'll just be a couple of days away, you know, Bills versus Chiefs. And we'll look forward to that game a little bit more, but Denver and the Raiders are the two teams right now in the AFC that are three and There's only two teams in the conference. And let's just put it this way. The 1972 Miami Dolphins, they're not going to be sweating it out this year. They're no. not going to have to wait that much longer to no. be popping that champagne like they do. Every year, neither of those teams are, uh, they're okay teams or decent, but yeah, this is still a Buffalo, Kansas city, uh, Cleveland, Baltimore conference. I don't think anybody yeah. is ready to put the Raiders or Denver in the top four, even five in this conference right now. You know, I, what I, what I, 
see teams that I think are absolute fakes, like they're they're phonies, they're pretenders, whatever you have. I can't help but think of that scene in The Dark Knight where uh, where the Joker meets up with all the other gangsters in the city very early in the movie. And he's basically lecturing him and saying, like, you know, if I think somebody in here is going to fold and he points to uh, he points to the uh, the Chinese businessman on the TV TV and he goes. And he just points at him and then the, the guy just shuts off his shuts off his camera and he's just like he's out. And he's just like, he's like, if I think somebody here is going to fold, it's them. And right now it's me looking at a TV, looking at the picture of the Broncos on the TV and going, that's them. They are true. They beat but they beat also, the Giants. Like, I believe the Raiders, like, but like the Broncos are fake as shit. Like the Broncos, they beat in the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. The Congratulations! Raiders, the Raiders have beaten the Ravens. They've 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 won. Uh, they beat the Steelers, a team that beat the yeah. Bills, and the Raiders beat them in Pittsburgh. So the Raiders have been a more impressive three and zero, far more than Denver. Because again, Denver has played arguably Denver, the three worst Denver teams got in the three entire extra NFL. exhibition games. But the Raiders <laughs> were really good last year. Yeah, the Raiders were really good last year early on. And then they stumbled, and I, I could see that happening again. The only thing that, when I look at records in the AFC this year right now, where I'm like, oh, shit, this team's either really good or on the other end, oh, shit, this team's buried. I'm really close to saying, and I I had them pegged to play, make the playoffs, and we both did. Mm-hmm. The Indianapolis Colts at 0-3, man. I, I think they're just about buried already. They're already 0-3. There's, like, literally no more room for error. Carson Wentz is already hurt. He yeah. both his ankles. Who else knows what's wrong with him? He was hurt. This is just a team. That, yeah, they're um, just they're they're not playing well at all. And again, when you lose your first three games and you start, I don't know the stats. And and obviously there's one more game, so maybe it would change a little bit. But still, man, when you when you start three at all, the 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 odds of you making the playoffs are not very good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I did not. I didn't think the Colts were like an elite team, but I thought they were a solid choice to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. But yeah, they're 0-3 and yeah. and they're at Miami and they're at Baltimore their next two weeks. Dude, they might be 0-5 in two weeks. Yeah. And I mean, we knocked Denver for beating up on like the the remedial teams of the NFL. Indy's schedule hasn't been easy. Like they lose to Seattle, no. lose to the to the Rams, and then they lose in Tennessee, which is, I mean, that's a They're division games. They're all good. And two so more like, tough ones coming up. Gotta beat, like to me, you got to beat Tennessee. Like if you lose to the Rams in Seattle, okay, fine. Those are home games, which stinks. But like, I can understand it because Seattle's better. The Rams are better, but Tennessee. I think you and I were split on how we felt about Tennessee. Or I, I think they're overrated. Right, like they're two and one, and they're good. Like to me, like, and you know, they played them on the road, so it's like I don't know. I get it, but I don't know. I, I, I'll kill Denver for playing a bunch of those dumbass teams or the bunch of dumbass teams, but I'll, I'll give the Colts a break. But it ain't easy now. The next two games. Are There's the weekly them. Joe Yurden, uh well, <laughs> the background ambulance is coming. Noise the ambulance there. is coming for uh for Carson Wentz. There, taking him out. <laughs> but like, it's. But like that's the hole they put themselves in. Like if they go one and two of those first three games, you're like, oh, okay. But like Miami without Tua, like I ain't feeling Miami right now. Like, but that game's in no. Miami, so like I don't know. But Baltimore, no, no. They, I, you know, if you know, if Lamar's back by then, uh, probably it's okay. But, um. Yeah, their schedule. I don't know. Their schedule lightens up a bit <laughs> after Baltimore. 
Yeah, like, but it might it might not even matter. It, yeah, you, you you lose your own before you're done. So they, I mean, they still got two games with Jacksonville left. Mm, I don't. They, you I don't know, care. they got they got the Jets. Like they're getting they got Houston coming up. Like they'll turn around. And like that division's not good. Like they can they can have a crap record and still win the division. Mm, I don't know. I, I I think they're done. I you I know I don't want to give I, them a I, lot Owen, of outs here, but I just want to. Yeah. Oh, and three with what's ahead of them. I, I do. I, yeah, I think it's not, it's not great. I really do. It's I'll tell you great. one, one more football. But are we going to count out? Hang out. Are right. we going to count out Frank Reich when things are down bad? Are you saying Normally, we're doing no. that? Okay. Normally no, but I am now. <laughs> they're, 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 there's just too many teams that are, that are better than them. Quite frankly, there's too many teams that are better than them. I mean, Cle- again, Buffalo, Kansas city, Cleveland, quite frankly, I, I agree with you about Denver. I think the Raiders are better than Indy. And again, Indy's 0-3, man. Yeah. That that matters. It's not like they get a redo on that. There is one game before we talk Sabres for a few here. I've this is going to be must-see TV, whether people want to admit it or not. This is I'm very much looking forward to seeing if Sunday night's game sets ratings records, because it might. You got Tampa Bay on the road, Tom Brady going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. Don't matter how the Patriots are yeah. this year. Uh, doesn't matter. Don't matter. Yep. It's Tom Brady going back to New England for the first time. Everybody's going to be watching that game. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching it. And I typically, by the time Sunday night gets, by the time it comes, I'm usually kind of burnt out from football from the weekend because mm-hmm. I try to watch college football. Obviously, I watch football all day on Sunday. Right. If the Sunday night game doesn't interest me, I'm usually kind of checked out mentally at that point. I'm yep. watching this game. Everybody's going to watch this game. I think this might smash ratings records. I 100% agree. And you yeah. know what? Buffalo fans, you basically you probably turn off the Bills Houston game at halftime. Just be okay with it. <laughs> at least I'm guessing. As long as if the old Bills show up, then it's like, well, they're only up yeah. by by six at the half. I don't know, yeah. but like, but like you can, I think you can tune out and just be like, eh, we're good. Like, let's save ourselves for tonight and watch how this yeah. goes. Especially <laughs> now that uh, Seth Wickersham's book is coming out, and a bunch of the uh, uh, a bunch of excerpts have come out and like information about what's in that book about the end of that Patriots dynasty with Brady and Belichick and all that stuff. And it's fascinating. Like, I can't wait. I don't usually look forward to buying sports books. Just not my, you know, if I'm reading stuff, it's history or it's like, it's classic fiction. I'm a dork. Okay. I'm a huge dork. As if the first 20 minutes of wrestling talk didn't solve it for you. I'm a huge dork, but this one I'm frigging reading. Like this yeah. one ranks up there with like the Jordan rules as far as like getting dirt, and telling you the behind the scenes story of how these things go because everything in it is just fascinating from like figuring out, like finding out about how, you know, kind of emotional Brady is as a guy to how much of a huge asshole Bill Belichick is, which we all kind of assumed. But when you see it, when you have it like laid out like that in front of you, you're just like, God, what a prick. Like, just <laughs> like Tom wants to say, you know, hey, thanks for all the years. I want to say goodbye to you face to face. And Bill's like, yeah, I'm busy. Just call me. Like, <laughs> what? Like, right. You just won six Super Bowls together, dude. Like, what? What do, you, what do you mean you don't have time? Are you kidding me? Like, geez. That's a, a beautiful, stupid, great drama. Like, that's the kind of dumb shit I like to read. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, on the Sabres front. All right, look, I'm going to start. Because now, now it's preseason. <laughs> I'm going to make a concerted effort. That's the best I could say. I'm going to make a concerted effort to be a little more open-minded towards this team and a little bit nicer to this organization until 
the uh, wins and losses tell me that I shouldn't. Right now, at the end of the day, like it or not, they got the same record as the Pittsburgh Penguins and Las Vegas and everybody else, man. They're zero and zero. All right. So I'm going to try. People think I'm just a straight up hater with the Sabres. Maybe they're right. Um, so I'm going to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to try to drink a little bit of the Kool-Aid and try to buy into the message that Kevin Adams is absolutely ridiculously trying to sell fans. I don't know. I just kind of slipped there already. But uh, anyway. All right. So we can't talk about. Um, we're taping this Thursday. We can't talk about the Detroit game because we're taping this before they play. So can't talk about that. Ken, Tuesday, they did open up the preseason. I did not watch. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Mm-hmm. They beat Columbus 5-4 to four in a shootout from what I've seen on Twitter and, you know, read. It was a fun game to watch. Um, I wouldn't know. You you know. So <laughs> just spend a minute, or a minute or two talking about, like, who looked good in that game? Who stood out? So between the first couple practices and now you have an exhibition game to kind of go off of, like you got a couple very, very, very early in camp uh, thoughts about who's looking really good. Maybe somebody who might push for a spot that you wouldn't have thought or where you might think somebody might slot in that maybe a couple days ago you weren't quite sure about. Um, I liked, I really liked how Will Butcher played uh, on defense. Uh what I didn't like was reading from Don Granado the next day was that Butcher said, yeah, I'll play as much as you want. And he played him 28 minutes, 28 minutes in the game. It's the first preseason game. You're playing one of your defensemen almost 30 minutes. <laughs> I, okay. Like, I get he wants to play. Like I understand, but like he's making the team. You don't have to put him out there all the time. Like he, there's no, there's no threat of Will Butcher missing the Sabres roster, he's going to be a top four defenseman. You don't have to play him 28 minutes. Play some of these other guys that like you, you want to get a look at because you might be sending them back in you know a couple of days. But um, but I, he played great. It was hard to not notice him because he was on the ice for half the game, so that was that was good. Uh, John Hayden played nice. Like he was one of those signings that they had where it was just kind of like, all right, there's a guy. Like all right, there, there's a guy that's going to play in the bottom six. But he played with some control. He played played pretty decent, and uh, he was able to make it work pretty well with that line with Ritzelainen. I think Ritzelainen is going to be a player. A lot of people, well, I can't say a lot of people. That's a straw man argument for me. But a couple of people had kind of like when I said Ritzelainen's a guy to keep an eye on because I think he's going to get I think he's going to get a fair amount of time. And they're just like, wow, really? You think so? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And man, the guy's a fire plug like at center. Like he's a little guy. Can't knock him off his skates. He gets to the front of the net. That's what he has to do. Like he, it was him, Hayden, and Brett Murray. And I know Brett, everybody's hot, hot on Brett Murray after the um, the prospect challenge. But like, I, I want to see a little bit more from Murray. I think Murray's playing against Detroit, so we'll see what's going on there. But uh, I think he's got to get a long look in camp because I think they might. He's got the kind of size. I mean, he's like what six five. So he's a six mm-hmm. five forward. So like. You need somebody who's a little bit of a heavy. He doesn't he doesn't fear punching somebody in the face if he's got to. And you know, I think I've talked about him before in other podcasts. He's a room guy. And, like he's beloved by basically everybody. So um, so like he, like that line did well. Uh cousins Quinn and Paterka. Paterka looked great. Paterka looked absolutely unfazed by anything. He looks fantastic. Like one game doesn't mean anything. Practices mean nothing. Prospect challenge, like whatever. Like I'm keeping my eye on him very closely as the rest of the camp goes on because I think if he has a good enough camp, he's staying. Really? I, know I think I, I know it's his first year. I know they're 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 saying they want to do, uh, they want to develop, they want to do all this stuff. But like 
If he plays that way, keep him. Keep him up. And then if he starts to struggle, send him back. Like, you don't have to, like, keep him. He's not there forever. Like, you know, he's, what, 19? You don't have to keep him up forever. That's fine. Um, Quinn was frustrating. Cousins was hot and cold during the game. Whenever Cousins was pushing the puck and going to the net and taking it hard to the net, I loved it. But there were some occasions where he kind of wilted. And I don't know if that was just because he was like kind of backing off because Paterka was doing so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was some up and down play there. That's fine. He, that line was playing against the Columbus NHL guys the whole night long. So like that's that's to be expected. Quinn, I know he had the shootout goal and people are wetting their pants about it. Like he beat a guy that I uh, he beat a goalie I'd literally never heard of in my life. Uh, Jet Greaves, like great name. That's a great, that's a great friggin' hockey name. Jet Greaves. He's an action movie hero waiting to happen. I don't know if I don't know if that guy's really gonna be an AHL goalie, never mind an NHL goalie, but like okay, he schooled Jet Greaves. Cool, great. Thanks. Like that's that's neat. Like, way to go. But the whole game, he turned the puck over a lot. There was a lot of bad play along the walls. Um the turn the turnovers in zone as they're trying to escape were bad. Like a lot of Columbus chances happened because Quinn wasn't able to handle the puck well or gave it away or whatever. I need him to play a lot better. I know there's some people that are saying, like, oh, I was really impressed with him. Oh, I love that shootout goal. Uh-uh. No, like you play that way in the NHL, dude, you're going to get you're you're going to be a minus thousand in the NHL playing that way. So I need better from him. Um, and I know there's half of Sabres Twitter's like you're being too hard on him. Blah, blah, blah. Like. What if he's like Josh Allen? Like, oh, everybody fucking chill out about Jack Quinn, please. But like, look at it for what it is. He didn't play great. He didn't play great. Yeah, he's get he gets the big highlight. Good for him. But like, it's the five on five play. It's the sixty minutes before the fucking shootout that counts. And like, that wasn't very sure. good. So, I don't know. I I need the. I want to see more of those kids because I think most of the NHL roster is set already. I don't think there's a ton of competition there. I'm not sweating too much of that. Like, Gergens is on the NHL team. I barely noticed them at all in that game. So I, whatever. Um, so yeah, like those, those are a handful of the guys I just want to watch more. I'm not getting into the competition shit because we only watch one game. It'll be two after tonight, but I, I need to see the rest of the roster play tonight to see, to get an idea. And I really want to see Lucan and have a lot of success against Detroit, uh, Thursday night. That's what I was going to say. So I, I feel like by the time we talk next week, so you got the game tonight, this Thursday, as we're taping this again, because we're taping it before you got, uh, Friday, if you're listening on Friday, you got Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. a home game that night, tonight. Uh, Columbus next Monday, you got uh, at Pittsburgh next Tuesday. So you, so you got four games, actually five games if you count the game against Detroit before we hook up again. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll learn a lot more about this team and yeah. you'll have some more, you know, talking points for next week's episode. I, I will say another thing though. If this team sucks again, not if, how bad this team sucks again, right? When they suck again, this could be fun because tanking could be fun. Not that the Sabres are going to tank. The Sabres are not tanking. No. I think I'm talking about fans who want the Sabres to tank. Going to have some fun. Those psychos I want to meet. Like people are like, yeah, get to the bottom again. Yeah. Like they find those psychos, man. You might be talking to one of them right now. I'm just going (laughs) to tell you that straight up. Anyway, this past year, there was no consensus. So there was nobody worth, oh man, it's going to be so cool if the Sabres suck because they're going to get the best chance to get this guy. But with Shane Wright, there is. Earlier this week, I tweeted out, take it, it could be fun this year. And I had hashtag Sabres suck for Shane, which is very uninspiring. 
Very boring. That was, get that was a mail-in yeah. in one. You had a good one. Down the drain for Shane. You tweeted that. Yeah. And we're talking about Shane Wright, who is a very, uh, he's a consensus number one prospect for the draft for yeah. next year. It's not going to be like this year where it's going to be Owen Power or somebody else. It's going to be Shane Wright next year. So anyway, down the drain for Shane. That could be fun. And I saw one, uh, The Price is Right, W-R-I-G-H-T. Okay. Spelled like his last that. name. The Price is Right. I like I that. I did. Uh, I put a couple in my latest piece on Die by the Blade uh, column I posted the other day. Please go read it, everybody. Uh, <laughs> giant shameless plug there. Uh, but I came up with a couple other ones. Uh, Blight for right. I, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a little too heady. But like pain for Shane. Pain yes. for Shane could be good. Pain for Shane. I think. I know we might have to do a poll of of some of these to see which one the, the fans want to run with because <laughs> there's a lot of really good options. Unfortunately, thank you, Shane Wright, for having a very rhymable name. That's great. And yes, and this could be—I know—and my my son's name Shane, so I I I thought of these a lot too. But anyway, uh, yeah, and there's a not a good chance. There's a near certainty that we're going to be discussing at some point during this season the Sabers' potential to end up landing Shane Wright. So, gonna have a little bit of fun with it. If this team's gonna suck, I'm like I said, I'm gonna make a more concerted effort to be open about this team and, and open-minded. But once that's down the drain after six or seven games, then I will start to try to have a little more fun in other ways. And that will be hoping that we suck and that I will start thinking about the future six or seven games into the season. It's just the way it's going to be, man. I, I can't right. wait to have weekly talks with you about <laughs> how bad this team's going to be. Cause it's yeah. going to be, I don't know if it's going to be different levels of exasperation or if it's going to turn into like mystery science theater 3000, like and it could be and, either one. And I'm going to warn you right now that right now I'm in a, I don't know, man, I'm in a really chill mood. I'm in a good, I got a good vibe going on right now. A lot of, a lot of good, I'm in a good mind space today, but it, that doesn't happen often. And especially <laughs> doesn't happen when it comes to this team, because I've said this many times to you and other people on this show. I'm pissed off at this team more than I've ever been ever because of guys like Reinhardt and ultimately Eichel that are, that are gone. When I look at what this team could have been, these young guys right now, and then you have a happy, motivated Jack Eichel and a happy, motivated Sam Reinhardt, this could have been a completely different team. Yeah. And Linus Olmark and Nett, if you could have found a way to keep him, and then that, you know, that affords you to bring UPL along even more slowly than maybe they do now. So this could have been a team that at least could have been competitive. And they're not going to be, and it fucking pisses me off. Oop, no, 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 See, no, no. You're getting wound up before space. anything happens. Right. But yeah, I can't promise anything in future weeks. Let's just put it that way. All right, let's wrap up here. Starting five drafts. So last week we did Marvel movie characters. I was trying to get a three-game winning streak going. Did not happen. You won pretty convincingly. It was 59 to 41. That's, 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 a, that's a lopsided win. It, it's pretty... It's not as lopsided as some of our other ones have been, but by normal standards, 59-41, pretty lopsided. So Joe took Iron Man, Captain America, Black Panther, Bucky Barnes, Rocket Raccoon. I ended up drafting Thor, Loki, Spider-Man, Thanos, and Black Widow, which that was not a good pick. Um, you don't I think Black Widow was a good pick? Nah, I don't I think, think it was. I think Thanos killed you. I think, I think, yes, I, I got a lot of criticism about taking Thanos a heel. But I think my biggest mistake for the purpose of this poll is you had the first pick and you took Iron Man. Right. I absolutely should have taken Captain America. Yes. I, I handed you yes. the top two most known MCU yes. characters for sure. 
So I handed you. I that really hurt me. You handed me the two you guys the entire like Avengers storyline yeah. built around. Yeah. And then like I said, having a couple <laughs> yeah. Having Thanos hurt me, uh low key. So I had a, I had two heels in mine. And Spider-Man as a movie character, not not the same as the comic book character. You know, yeah. not as popular as the cartoon, the the comic book character. I think that hurt me. I think this was a lot of times when one of us lose, we bitch about it. Yeah. I really can't bitch. I don't, there's not much I can really bitch about. I think I got what I deserved. I deserved to sell. So I'm all right with it. I was but, I was nervous. People were hating on my Rocket Raccoon pick. And I was like, dude, I like my, my explanation. And Joe from Queens, he was like, Rocket, really? And I was like, he's the best character in the Guardians. Tell me, tell me he's not. Tell me he's not. Like out of the group. I was like, tell me he's not the best character. Because if you tell me it's Groot, like I am Groot gets gets old after a little bit. But like it does, but I should have played out to the Buffalo polling crowd and Groot would have, I think played well because Gregory yeah. Rizzo is nicknamed Groot. But then uh, I would have been, but I don't care about Groot. I would have been lying. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, if you pick Drax, like you could be like, Oh, well, Dave Bautista's, yeah, that was a great yeah. role for him. Like, that's fun. But like, I, I, are you thinking I, of Drax off the top of your head when you're thinking? No, characters? no. No, look, man, I never like to lose. Okay. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm acceptant of losing, but let's just say I've had a lot of practice at losing when it comes <laughs> to doing these polls against you. I, I have to admit it. It is what it is. But again, I went really mad last week. If I lose this week, I'm going to be mad because yeah. I, I'm not cheating, this but I have house. dug into, I've dug into what my specialty is. Okay. It ain't chicken wings, folks. It's eighties music pop culture that's what i live for especially 80s music it's my favorite era to this day of music of all time i probably listen to 80s music today more than i certainly more than i listen to popular music from today if that's what you want to call it or any other era man i'm just an 80s guy period so this week we're doing 80s music acts i'm looking oh so you had iron man last week yes so i will have the first leading off I'm leading off. All right. So these are 80s music acts. That means they can be solo artists. Doesn't matter male or female. It could be a group, whatever. Any musical act from the 80s. All right. I'm first. All right, look, I'm not going to stretch this out. There ain't going to be no, no fucking drama here. I don't care about the percentage of, of fans who are going to bitch that I'm taking this person. Because if you take anyone else but Michael Jackson to start a draft with 80s music, mm-hmm. And you're just being foolish. All right. Yeah. So there's no question in my mind. And I, and again, unlike some of these others, I don't even need to explain why I know what he's been alleged of doing. This isn't a draft of good humans. And I hope I don't get the same feedback I did when I took Jimmy Snuka <laughs> and our wrestling draft a handful of them at a couple of months ago or so, but yeah, any other decision except for Michael Jackson is just an absolute way. So no drama with me here, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Yeah, you got no- to. That's 100% the right call. And if you didn't take Michael Jackson, I was going to start planning my victory parade again. So uh, good on you. But coming at you with a with a left and right hook here with Prince and Madonna. Mm. I'm, I know this is your wheelhouse and I know I can't miss. So like, I can't I, miss. I can't miss. Like I have <laughs> to, I have to, there, we never do these things with a lot of pressure. I feel intense pressure to not miss on any pick because I think if I think I get a really smart one, you're going to bury me and just be like, ah, no, I know the better one. Well, 
you, so I'll tell you right now, Madonna and Prince on my list are two and four respectively. Okay. All right. Madonna now, was two. Now I'm mad. I don't, I didn't get who your three was. Not, well, you're about to get it because I got the next two. All <laughs> right. So look, Madonna was just an absolute icon of the eighties, man. She's an icon. She changed, not just music, but style, you know, girls all of a sudden started popping up and doing the hair like her and dressing like her and wearing those boy toy buckle belts and shit like yep. that. She made so much shit popular. Fishnets let alone became a thing. Like it was yeah. just like, okay. Her music doesn't really need to be discussed. And that's the thing about somebody's at the top. Like, what do you, what do you got to sell somebody on? You know how good their music was. Right. And then Prince, Purple Rain to this day is uh, one of the greatest, maybe the greatest movie soundtrack of all time. Certainly by one artist. And that doesn't even account stuff that wasn't on there. Like, Little Red Corvette, 1999. Yeah. Funny story too. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. I'll just do this quickly with Prince. My father, and I've said this before on the show, I don't remember how it came up, but my father hated music from the 80s. My dad was the oldest guy, like Elvis, the 50s. And I grew up in the 80s. And that's probably how my son feels today. Because I'm like, Shane, get this fucking shit off. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, <laughs> or it's Drake or somebody that's playing. I grew up in the 80s. And my dad, I used to say, he had this really thick, heavy New York accent because my father born and raised in New York City. But anyway, I would have Michael Jackson and, and groups that I can't say because I might still draft one or two of these. And my dad would be, Patrick, get the fucking shit off. But Prince was his guy, man. He had that Prince album and he would sit in the dining room and play Prince all the time. So my dad hated 80s music and loved Prince. Just it never made any sense to me. Anyway, uh, and a, right, so and you a, got my... A nod to you picking Michael. My parents, they didn't, I mean, my parents love music, but they didn't collect a lot of music and like cassette. We had tons of cassettes and whatever, but they damn well had Thriller. You better believe yeah. they had Thriller. Oh, like that, every, I mean, everybody had Thriller, but like my parents having Thriller is just kind of like, right. what? Okay. Like they I'll had a bunch of this. air supply cassettes for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> hey, I like air supply. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big em. air supply guy. <laughs> no, I'm not going to pick them, <laughs> but I do like air supply. Uh, yeah, look, this could have been a draft from all eras of music in history. I probably still would have picked Michael first if I had it. All right, so anyway, Madonna, Prince, two very good ones, and I'm up with two. All right, so I told you I you picked my second and fourth on my list, respectively. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I got to stay true to mine. Third, which is my second pick, is Whitney Houston. She's my, maybe my favorite female singer of all time. Uh, her first two albums in the 80s, her self-titled album, her second one was Whitney just hit after hit after hit after hit seemingly came out of nowhere. Like going to talk about one of those overnight sensations, like literally from her debut single, she became like the, well, after Madonna, the biggest music star without female music star um, of that era, w- w- without question too. Mm-hmm. I want to dance with somebody to this day is still a very popular bar song yes. or party song, whatever you want to call it. Um, and she's also one of the biggest cautionary tales ever too. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's really sad what happened and it shows what happens when you get involved with the wrong people and things in your life that people don't see. They only saw her on TV. They only saw the star. They didn't see all the behind the scenes stuff and the struggle that she was going through. And, and again, then meeting Bobby Brown and getting dragged into that kind of lifestyle, man, it, you know, sucks. So yeah. it, to think about what could have been makes it even harder. And then this one might not play as well with the mainstream audience, but so if I'm going to get hurt, this is the pick that's going to hurt me. You're going to get but, hurt at your third pick. With my third pick. Okay. And I probably could get away with it picking it fifth. But I'm picking it third because I'm staying true to my list. If it hurts me, it hurts me. But I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror if I didn't pick this group early. Run DMC. 
Nice. They are the pioneers of rap. Mm -hmm. They made rap very mainstream before. And I know a lot of people would pick the Beastie Boys and you, maybe you will too. I'm telling you, this was the first, I hate rap music today so much. I hate Drake and Lil Wayne and all these fucking names. I don't even know what the hell they are anymore. They don't even make any sense. Okay. I hate rap music today. I grew up loving hip hop in the eighties and the nineties. Okay. Run DMC was the first rap group that I ever really loved. And they were as influential. And I truly believe this. They were as influential in the rap music genre then as the Beatles and Elvis were to rock and roll. That's how influential they were in that genre. So for that reason, plus I just loved their fucking music. I'd be remiss if, if I didn't pick them. So that's what I'm going with, man. So Whitney and Run DMC. And now you got to. Now, I know when we think, we think 80s, we think of like, you know, the new wave music, uh, hair metal thing, like things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to leave this open for discussion right now because I'm going to make a pick. And this is a band that's still around today. They started in the 80s. They had three of their biggest albums in the 80s. So I think I know my, where you're going. I probably do. I, my pick would be U2. Mm -hmm. Fair pick. And I, because like Joshua Tree was there. Uh, War was in 19, like 1983 or 84, something like that. And like their first like three, like their first three huge albums were, eight, were in the 80s. Like I know Octung Baby was 91, but like, that's kind of a dividing line. Like Joshua Tree to me is a perfect album. Um, now, do you consider them an '80s musical act because they started in the '80s, but they also were huge in the '90s? Stuck, you know, like they forced their album onto friggin' iTunes in like twenty, you know, twenty two thousands, two thousand ten, whatever it was, and they're still they still perform now. I want to make sure that we're clear on like what we're doing now. Like every, I think everybody that we picked has transcended multiple decades, mm -hmm. uh, at least, so, but. I know when we think 80s, like our mindset goes to one direction, but I'm like, you too became a like a worldwide gigantic band in the 80s. Yeah, I think it's absolutely a legitimate pick. Okay. They're a group, they're weird. Yeah. Because yes. Because you could say what you're saying right now about the 80s, and it's mm -hmm. absolutely legitimate. If this was a 90s draft and you said you two, it would be equally legitimate. Yeah. Maybe even more. Mm -hmm. Certainly as much. Octone Baby in the early 90s, classic album. So U2 is one of those weird groups that's they they didn't they didn't dominate one era and then they were just still around for the next. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like yeah. they were really good in the 80s and then they were really good in the 90s and then beyond. It's a very fair pick. Mm -hmm. Now it's okay. gonna be up to the readers. There might be some readers or, or voters, I should say, who might say, no, they're they're the 90s or 2000s, maybe. But I actually, now my personal take, by the way, on YouTube, and I, I've said this before. Right. I don't personally love YouTube, but you would be foolish to not respect the careers and what they've done for music. Like they're Hall of Famers. Oh. Period. And a story. Yes. My personal preference is I don't love YouTube's music. Sorry, Sal Capaccio and many others <laughs> out there right now. <laughs> but yeah, I respect the hell out of them. Like their game is strong as shit, man. So mm -hmm. it's a good pick. Absolutely. Okay. That. I feel better about that, that we, we come to an agreement because I, again, we have that mindset of just like, mm, I'm not sure. Right. Um, this next one, there's no argument about, and it's the police. Mm, good. It's on my list. 
Um, Synchronicity and Synchronicity 2 are like all-time albums for me. And I love some of their early stuff where it's a little bit punkier. Um, like some of their stuff from like, I think it's late 70s maybe. Um, late 70s, very early 80s. But like they're... Like they're if you buy it, like if you bought their greatest hits only and it, it's like a, it's automatically like a two CD giant, you know, giant amount of music and the band, like the band is, I wish the band wasn't as didn't end up hating each other <laughs> as much as they did. Like they just, they, they drove each other nuts and mm-hmm. I get it. Like Sting's a, a gigantic, gigantic personality. And like Stuart Copeland's one of the most, incredible drummers out there like just percussionist it's not even like drumming he's just it's all over the place but like you get into like their like their hit out like synchronicity is just unreal um like it's everything that they did was uh amazing like especially through the 80s I mean, some of their stuff late late in the 70s was was good but like oh my god like they i think they they hit their absolute highest heights with their last album and that came out like what 83 Mm-hmm. something like that like oh my god like they were incredible like they were that just an absolutely fantastic band i i i liked a handful of police songs very much and by the way they are on my list so okay i have a list of look i can have a list of 75 acts from the <laughs> from the 80s and i legitimately could probably talk about every one of them as well i like the police a lot there were spirits in the material world were one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. growing up. Everything little thing she does is magic. Great. Don't stand so close to me. Yep. King of pain. I'm a big police fan. Like I said, they yeah. were on my list. Those are two good picks. I like those. All right. So I got my last two and one of them is going to be easy. And then goddamn that, that <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh my God. <laughs> after that. Oh God, this is going to be hard. All right. Well, my fourth one is for me is easy and, and it's hollow notes. They're just a great pop rock band, period. Yeah. And I know they were very, they're one of those groups, you know, we just talked about you 2 are they 80s or 90s? And the answer is both. Mm-hmm. Hall & Oates, if this was a 70s music draft, we could use Hall & Oates. Yeah. You know, She's Gone, Sarah, Sarah Smiles, mm-hmm. just Rich Girl. There's so many great songs from the 70s. Some people might say 70s Hall & Oates is the best. I'm taking them from the 80s because I just, I, again, I just, Kiss is on my list. You make my dreams come true. Man eater, private eyes. Uh, I can't go for that. So many great songs from the eighties. And that, again, being the era that I grew up in, I just, I loved Hall and Oates. I still love Hall and Oates. I still bang them out every day in my car when I'm driving. I have this list of about maybe 20 songs on my little, I don't want to say it's a specific playlist on my iPod that I play in my car. And like two or three of those songs are on there. Mm-hmm. So that's one. All right. This is where, Man, God, this is going to hurt, man, because no matter what I do, there's about five or six. In fact, there's four on my top 10 and I can only pick one. But one of these two, I want these two equally for different reasons. God, you know, I, I got to do it. Phil Collins. Oh, you I, prick. I, I, I got to take Phil Collins. By the way, there's not many people other than Michael Jackson who went from having the kind of success of being in a group to, to solo success like Phil had staying obviously. So, you know, it's funny because this draft is full of people who are, who have done their own thing very well successfully or on mm-hmm. their own. But yeah, man, Phil Collins, dude, just a hit machine, man. He's a hit machine mm-hmm. against all odds is my favorite sad song yep. to this day of all times. But one more night in the air tonight, studio, wish it would rain. I don't care anymore. 
There's just so many great songs for Phil that I, I would just be, I can't have an 80s draft, have him on the board with the, what is it, the ninth overall pick and not take him. I just wouldn't be able to live with myself. So. Yeah. No, that's I, my five. You got I, the last one. I don't blame you there one bit. Um, this is tough because I was convinced you were not going to take Phil Collins. And I was like, cool, I'll take him walking away and I'll, I'll feel happy about it. There's, I'll say this. There's a very slam dunk pick to make. But you learned, you taught the lesson for me that you cannot take them in any Buffalo draft. <laughs> You're going to say Bon Jovi. <laughs> I, I, I'm not picking them, but that's who that's that's the right. That's the right pick. That's it's, the it, absolute it, right pick. It but is. Well, it is. It would be a very strong pick if this mm-hmm. was a New Jersey or Florida or New Mexico draft and not, you know, primarily Buffalo voters. Yeah. You look, you learned a lesson through me. I learned it the hard Mm -hmm. way. Not fuck around with Bon Jovi and any of this. That's not the act though, that I was torn between. Okay. Well, uh, that's, that would have been a good pick for you though. But yeah, you're right. You, you'd get murdered for doing that. That would be an automatic L for you. And it would be well-earned. And I would, I would just hand you the keys to (laughs) to the (laughs) title in that case. Um, and there's there's two rap acts that I want to pick, but they had one album and it was at the tail end of the 80s and I can't pick either of them. That sucks so bad. Um, and I hate I hate that I, I don't like based on one album, I can't say that they're an 80s artist because they're more associated with the 90s, even though even though it's very much a. Uh, they very much started in the eighties, but it's like, you don't associate them with the eighties. So I know you're talking about, you know, both of them. I know why well, one of them's definitely got to be NWA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about the other one. Public enemy, public enemy, uh, public enemy would be a legitimate eighties to me. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Um, I don't think it would play. Um, I mean, not, not <laughs> I can't. Why am I in? I'm in no position to yeah. coach you, dude. I lose no, no, these no. pretty much every fucking week, man. I, no, no. Like I've I've got my choice. I'm just like I'm getting out the. Let I'm me just say out, this like, about also pub- rants. I'll tell you this about Public Enemy. For me personally, with with prefacing this by saying it wouldn't play well, I don't think I don't think it would play well with voters. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you right now, in the late '80s, I was banging Public Enemy when I was in high school. Yeah, that was really heavy on my playlist. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, let's, let me, let me stop hemming and hawing and going over the ones I really wanted to pick, but I can't for, for, for yeah, we'll one do that reason again. or another. Uh, but, uh, to me, again, a band that transcends all eras, uh, or all decades, um, and is legendary. It's Metallica. Hmm. Okay. Their their first three or four albums were all released in the eighties, and those are the ones everybody. Now, the Black Album came out in ninety one. Like that's that's their biggest album, but their best albums came out in the eighties, without a doubt. And they put metal, like that kind of metal, like they you know uh, they weren't. I guess they were speed metal a little bit, thrash metal, uh, but they made metal mainstream mm-hmm. without a doubt. Like. Iron Maiden was there. Iron Maiden, everybody loved Iron Maiden, but like they had the weird album covers and people were just like, I don't know, these guys, these guys like devil worshippers or something. Like they got, got skeletons on their covers and like, well, like, what the hell's going on with these guys? Iron Maiden's incredible. And some of their best albums came from the 80s, but like 
like they were they were like your underground favorite. Like, like you kind like if I think if you were a kid in the eighties, you kind of like hid your Iron Maiden albums away somewhere. You're just kind of like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Same for Ozzy. Like you know, Ozzy had such a bad like bad rep through like the you know through the end of the seventies and the eighties. Like people were just you know biting heads off of bats at shows and shit like that. But like Metallica, goddamn, like Kill 'Em All comes out and you're just like, whoa. Okay. And then they follow it up with Ride the Lightning and you're like, whoa. Okay. And then Master of Puppets is like two years after that. Like, holy shit, these guys rule. And yeah. then Injustice for All closes out the 80s for him. And you're just like, holy shit, these guys are unbelievable. And then like all those albums went like multiple time platinum. And, and then the Black album, it's 91. And it's their biggest album they ever did. And um, it's like, Oh I'll never God. forget, Joe, I'll never forget being in high, again, because I'm old enough to talk about this. I'll never forget being in high school in the later 80s where the the heavy metal crowd would have the, the jean jackets with mm-hmm. the long Patches. curly perm tear. Yep. Metallica was, yeah, man, that was a, I didn't like Metallica in the 80s. I, lo- I came to love Metallica later in life. Cause in the eighties, I was stuck on the cheese, man. Yeah, I was the pop music, everybody the was rap stuck music, on that. cheese. You know, rock music, a lot of rock music didn't so much resonate with me in the eighties. It it would it later was, it was the, the hair heavy metal rock. stuff. Like the, yeah. the hair metal stuff was huge in the eighties, and like yeah. we didn't. I, none of us picked a hair metal band, which no. I no. although Bon Jovi was not <laughs> like if that was you would have like picked Bon Jovi in another say. city, right? Oh I yeah, that. absolutely. Let me tell you the band. So as I was uh, torturing myself trying to decide, and ultimately I picked um, Phil Collins, the, the group that I didn't pick that I really wanted to was Van Halen. I came really mm. close to, to pulling the trigger on Van Halen. I think they're one of the great yeah. American rock bands of all time. And they got five or six songs from the 80s that I absolutely love. So I was really torn with them. A couple other ones that are on my list that I didn't end up needing to make decisions on was uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, so Bruce Springsteen was great, mm-hmm. and he's been great in other eras too. Yeah. He's one of those guys who's been around forever. Like but born, born in, in the USA, USA was such a monster album. It was a monster song, but not even my favorite Bruce song. Not even by a, a no, long I just mean that whole album. Like that whole right, album. Right, 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 yeah, album. Glory Days, I'm on Fire, Hungry Heart, uh, My Hometown, which might be my favorite song. It's definitely my dad's favorite song, Cover Me. Lots of great songs from Bruce. So he was on my list. And then one that could have been, you know, I talked about Holland Oates, 70s or 80s, could have been either or. Billy Joel. Billy Joel in yeah. the 70s was amazing, but Billy Joel in the 80s, it was almost like two different artists, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like a completely different style of music. He adapted to the pop music era in the 80s. Uh, tell her about it. We need to start the fire, which I really don't like mm-hmm. that song, honestly. But uh, <laughs> Uptown Girl, the longest time. Allentown, mm-hmm. I love Allentown. You're only human. There are a lot of great Billy Joel songs. You had to please. I'm actually, I don't know why. I should have known better with you that you would have that on that. Because that was on my <laughs> that was on my short list. I had an explanation for them. A couple others. And you know, well, you, I'll, I'll little... give you you snake me out with Whitney Houston. I thought she might slip down the board where I could have grabbed her. Because I nah, was I had designs nah. on that because I had to take Prince and Madonna one and two. Like I Yeah, I no that choice. was the right thing. I had to no do. choice there. Madonna was too I I don't know. I don't know why I would thought that. You would have taken her, but I was like, yo, if I can get MJ Madonna, this is over early. I definitely really, let me tell you, I've grown to really appreciate Madonna as I got older. Cause like sure. when I was, when I was a kid, I was like, man, Madonna, girl music, man, man, man. Like, I don't like her. Like, I love Madonna no, music, dude. man. Like, love, everything love, she made in the 80s was friggin' great. Absolutely. Even the early man. 90s stuff is really yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah. 
Def Leppard was on my sh- a list yeah. of contenders. Journey, but again, maybe they're seventies, eighties. Depends what your perspective is. George Michael slash Wham, but I didn't pick them in part because it's like, well, are you picking George Michael or are you picking Wham? Because yeah. technically, they're two different categories. Um, and then one other one I had Duran Duran too. I really loved Ooh. Duran Duran in the eighties. Yeah. So mm. I don't know, man. You know, I'm mad Joe, at myself now. I did. I did not think of Duran Duran. <laughs> I'm so pissed. Um, yeah, I love that uh, new wave era, man. I like culture. Yeah. I like Culture Club. I'm not afraid. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that shit, man. I fucking love Bed at Work. Lots of sh- yeah. again. The I could spend literally two hours just talking about eighties. You know what? This that, what? that could be another future draft. Eighties one hit wonders. Could be by song. There's a lot of them. Like not by act, but by song. Like I yeah. mean, I guess it's the same deal, but um, right. But that could be one to do. Sure. I'm looking. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I'm looking at these lists. I thought I was a lot coming. I'm on. I'm, this is no, no. It's tight. This is going to be close, tight. and I'm going to. I'm going to tell you why because, well, to first of all, let me recap. So Joe took Prince, Madonna, U2, The Police, and Metallica, and I drafted. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Run DMC, Hall and Oates, and Phil Collins. I'm gonna. There's two picks of mine that I'm concerned about not pulling well. One is Michael, and again, I was not gonna not pick Michael. You can't not with pick the first Michael. pick. There'll if, be if people give you shit about that, I'd be like, there'll be a percentage. You never of people, lived the moment in the '80s. Yeah, like, there'll be a, there'll be a pers- no, absolutely not, and there'll be a percentage of people who are gonna you know throw the the child molester shit out. Why I get you, it. you know you vote for. Or I'm not, I'll never vote for somebody who picked a child molester. So that's going to happen. I'm going right. to lose some points for that. But again, couldn't not pick him. And then run DMC. I, there, again, I just named a bunch of, I think, more popular groups, unless you're a rap music fan, then run DMC. And I'm sure I'm going to get plenty of Beastie Boys should have been picked first. There is no <sighs> Beastie Boys where there's literally no Beastie Boys. We're not for Run DMC. And furthermore, I would have picked LL Cool J before the Beastie Boys as well. Mm. And I love the Beastie Boys, by the way, because again, there ain't Early no Beastie LL. Boys without uh, Run DMC. So yeah. that might hurt me, man. It might hurt know. me in a poll. Run Plus, DMC a was the, Run DMC was the first rap group that did a crossover. Like they did Walk This Way with Aerosmith. It's like, yeah. uh, okay. Like, I yeah. mean, that I mean, Aerosmith wasn't totally back on the scene yet yep. when that song hit. And then Run DMC was like, no, dude, like they got they got these licks that we want in our song. Let's just get them in there. Like that was awesome. Like that's like a music video that still sticks out to me. It's so good. I think this is a draft, honestly, and I'm not just saying this. I truly mean it as we wrap up here. I, I think this is a draft where there's no weaknesses. This is a draft where both rosters are really good. It might be close. It might not be close. I might win. You might win. It might be by a little lot. I don't know, but I'm going to go to sleep tonight feeling good about my yeah. team. I know you're going to do the same. Go oh, to yeah. Sleep I'm good about your that. team. Little teaser for next week here. We're going to do Buffalo Bills quarterbacks in between Jim Kelly and Josh Allen. That might be fun. There's going to be some suspicious, sketchy picks at some point <laughs> in the second half of the draft. But it's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah. Sabres talked of, again, four more games we'll have to talk about. The Bills play Houston this week. We'll talk about that. Get you ready for Kansas City. Plenty of fun stuff. My man, Joe Yerden. Thanks as always, buddy. Always fun, man. Good talk. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.